We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Field of 68 on this January 1st, 2023. It is the first edition of After Dark in the New Year. I'm John Fanta, and we've got a couple of guys who I still think can can flat out hoop. Patrick Young is with us. My hook shot never my hook shot never expires. Both hands. There we go. E- even from the chair. Wink- <laughs> <laughs> wingspan wingspan <laughs> that's a big one wingspan. and terrence terrence oglesby is with us guys let's jump right in here on after dark coming up on tonight's show we've got micah shrewsbury the head coach of the penn state nittany lions who have won five in a row penn state they've won five in a row they beat iowa tonight 83 to 79 we will get to that but we begin in the big 10 we begin in ann arbor where michigan is hosting maryland today michigan is coming off of a loss to central michigan of all teams and you walk into this game and you sit here saying okay how are they going to respond uh, maryland's only ever won at the chrysler center one time michigan raced out to a 19 to nothing lead in this game the wolverines win this game 81 to 46 patrick young Yes, sir. What in in the heck happened in Ann Arbor? What's your takeaway? Well, what what happened is I I just can remember back in my days, early on in my in my college career, we lost to Jacksonville University at home. Uh, And it was just one of those games. It was a noon game. All all the excuses you can think of. We didn't really want to play that early. It was like a Sunday. All these these things. And like we're a really good team, but have not played up to our level allow somebody to come in to our place and beat us on our home court. And man, the practices, the mindset, everything that coach Donovan brought to us to reframe our mindset, to challenge us. This was nothing but Michigan responding to Juwan Howard, whatever he had to do, because they have not obviously not been playing to the level that we expected in the preseason. Hunter Dickinson, even though he's averaging 18 points a game this year, he looked like, I mean, no one can match up with him in this game anyway, but he looked like a man on a mission as someone that's like, hey, I'm I'm the preseason All-American. Uh, we are a much better team that, you know, we've shown so far. We want to win this league and prove prove to the country that we can because, you know, I think they believe that they're better than being unranked right now. But that was that was a showing. 13 points. 
for Maryland in the first. And, and you feel terrible for Coach uh, Willard because they started out, obviously, in a blaze, 8-0, uh, really looked well, especially on the defensive side, but they had no answer tonight. They weren't doubling Hunter Dickinson either. And I think games where Hunter Dickinson has played really well, Michigan's been pretty good, and they've been a handful. It's just he hasn't been the consistent guy that we've been accustomed to seeing over the past few years, right? And there's some guys around him that need to uh, step it up. Like Jed Howard started out great, and then people are starting to figure him out a little bit. Uh, But Hunter Dickinson, when he shows up, and he really feels like getting out there and playing. He had 32 and 12 tonight. You alert. And he can shoot the three ball too. Yeah. And he, he can... and yeah, he's tough. He's tough. But the thing is, if he's not scoring when people aren't doubling, exactly. that's hard. And then when people are doubling, that's when some of those other guys need to be able to make shots. Absolutely. And what's happened is, is when he's not playing well, like he is the key to everything they do. They're young around the perimeter, their scorers around the perimeter are really young. Uh, Kobe Bufkin's been playing well ever since Llewellyn got hurt, but like for the most part, this team goes as Hunter Dickinson goes, yep. and he's got a lot on his plate, not just on the basketball floor. If he focuses in, Michigan can compete. If he doesn't, like you saw against Armando Baycott and some of those guys, like Michigan really struggles. What do you attest to the Jet Howard? Yeah, uh, when you say you know, explain to the fans when you mean he's been figured out, why is he not able to? light it up as he did early on. Well, he's still averaging 15. But for example, like you put somebody lengthy on him, you don't you don't let him get in closeout situations. Like he's still got some some wiggle to his game, but he's best whenever guys are hitting him on a closeout and people are flying at him, right? Like if he's able to do that and then either knock down shots or attack closeouts, it's a lot different. Got to knock down comes, shots. Yeah, he can knock down shots and that comes back to can Hunter Dickinson create double teams because they don't necessarily have a guy who's getting into the lane at will. Here's my question to y'all. Mm. It's January the 1st, all right? Right. And and Michigan, through all the ups and downs of last season, which included a brawl and a melee that, that rocked the college basketball world, remember everybody thought that Michigan season was over uh, after that game against Wisconsin, that they wouldn't be able to recover. They made the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Where does Michigan fall in the Big Ten pecking order for you? Mm. And how much stock do you still have in them in terms of what they could do in March? It it all depends. It's all up to him, right? Like, they're still right in the middle of the conference, in my opinion. I don't think they're at the level of a Purdue and Ohio State or Wisconsin. I think those are the clear-cut top three. They are in that second tier, along with Penn State, along with Rutgers, along with Illinois at this point, who is – been fine. Oh, and two in conference, but they've been Goodness. fine throughout. And Indiana. Yeah. Indiana too. Sorry. That that's that middle of the big 10 is it's really congested. And I watched the show with Goodman and Hummel the other day. They had a hard time differentiating between the bunch, like that second tier, the middle part of the big 10, yeah. like it's just a hodgepodge of different styles and different dudes and different teams. And I feel like Michigan's at the bottom part of that second tier at this point. Now, Hunter Dickinson plays well. Guys are knocking down shot. That flips everything on its head. They can compete with anybody in the league. That being said, Hunter Dickinson, while he is averaging good numbers, there's been games where everybody's wondering where he went. See, Patrick, where do you fall on this? Because the thought process in mind is like, at some point, when teams are doubling Hunter Dickinson, 
they are going to need Kobe Bufkin and Doug McDaniel to make plays. They've got to be able to make something happen. Does Michigan have enough to one? Do you think that they'll end up making the NCAA tournament? Because when the day began today, they wouldn't have been in. They would not have been in the tournament, guys. You think they'll make the tournament? And do you think that Dickinson's talent level can end up trumping everything and this team could still be the type of team that makes noise in March? Well, it's going to be crucial for Michigan since there's not going to be so many opportunities for quad one wins unless you know you're on the road at Purdue, Wisconsin, Ohio State, uh Penn State might be falling to that that category. You're going to have to steal some some big time wins here to solidify and make it without a doubt. Um I think when you when you have a guy, you know, I I didn't get double teamed too often, but your point of double teaming a big guy is, you know, if he's dominant, is either he's dominant and you you want him to get the ball out of his hands or he's terrible pass a terrible passer out of the double team and you want to just force some turnovers. And Hunter Dickinson with his size, which I look to the same sometimes at, at Zach Eady, uh, you, you just shoot right over. You just hold the ball high enough uh, that you don't even – the double team doesn't even phase you. So if he can just have that – great, he, and he showed that a little bit. Obviously, Maryland uh, doesn't have anyone that uh, matches up to his his size, his stature. They, hey, he, they didn't even throw James – they didn't even throw Reese a life vest or anything. Like a no, life, I don't like understand. Nothing. They're like, hey, dude, you got him. Good luck. Good luck. He's times. got you by he's got you by four inches and sixty pounds. Good luck, Guardian. There were a few times that he uh he, he someone maybe came to help late, but it's almost as if that person's not there. So he's he's going to need to be the guy um, that sometimes can just go through and, and not allow a double team to phase him. But also, yes, he's going to need help to create to create that that disadvantage somewhere if somebody comes in on on his dribble, he he swings it out and it, it opens up the opportunities to paint touch for the outside game to to open up. And those are usually better shots. So when it touches the paint and gets back out, uh, the, you know, the percentage drastically increases uh, for, for those types of shots. And he was, and he's motivated every time he plays Maryland too, because Maryland <laughs> didn't recruit him. Right. That's a big thing as well. Like he showed up, they, would they start out 18 to one or something? And 19 he's talking to one. trash. We need, we, we need that Hunter Dickinson every game. Find a way hey. to rev yourself up like that every game. And it doesn't have to be 30 and 12 or whatever. No, no. Like 20 and like we're asking a lot, but he has shown us that he's capable of doing 20 and 10, 20 and 8, 18 and 12. Things like he has to be along those lines for Michigan to be there. And they can be there. The pieces around him are fine as long as he's that main guy. That's the problem. If he's been the main guy, like Armando Baycott, who's shorter, doesn't weigh as much. He, he he handed him his his he handed him his ass on a plate. Like that's just what happened. Like if that's he's what able it is, to, bro. Yeah, he did. You so call like if, see it. yeah, and and if he's there every night, Michigan's a contender. If he's not, he's been inconsistent. It's going to be hard. But but to me, guys, Maryland went about the game plan the wrong way. Hmm. They went about the game plan the wrong way. And look, it's easy to say. You I know, think when they woke seven. up, they went around the game plan the wrong way because it. What? 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 Who was there? Yeah. Nobody. I mean, they. They. I don't know where they went out in Ann Arbor, but it seems like they did because my goodness, you want to talk about a hangover? I mean, you go down seventeen to nothing. Seventeen to nothing. I mean, did Michigan football die so Michigan basketball could live? Yeah. I'm not sure. It was rebirth, but but man, did it seem like it today? I mean, in Maryland, like, it's interesting because they got off to such a strong start to the year. And and they've got balance, and, and I think that they're still going to figure things out. 
But you get off to a strong start to the year. Nobody in the Big Ten is looking at that, and and that's not striking fear into those guys. And you could just tell because they have they have gotten a rude wake up call to you in Big Ten play thus far. Now with their fourth loss today. Yeah, and a lot of it. Dante Scott played eighteen minutes and goes two for ten. You can't like, have it. That's supposed to be their workhorse. Like Jameer Young transfer from Charlotte, DMV area kid, like two for nine. Like you got to have good performances out of your best players, especially yeah. on the road in whatever power six conference. Your best players have to at least show up to give you guys a chance. And he he tried a lot of different things, guys. He played a lot of guys, a lot of minutes. Uh, I mean, what what did he end up? He ended up, he ended up playing 11 guys, double figure minutes. One guy played nine. So there you go. Like he tried. And it's just sometimes it's hard to get guys out of the mud. And I, I will say this about Coach Willard and this Maryland team, like they leave no doubt. <laughs> like they they will either beat Not you always. or they will get smacked by 40. Like it's one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> like they're, they're not big on suspense there in college park this season well, not always but you know you, it goes back to that defeat uh or the victory that they had after after illinois uh beating illinois at home and you know I, I was pretty excited about uh about maryland at that point thinking uh okay that was a pretty big time win after illinois came out who they just beat texas um a few games before that uh struggle to score just scoring seems like it is just the hardest thing and they're getting you know they're not getting terrible looks no. uh jameer jameer young he he can score the ball he had five points today but uh against against uh wisconsin that's and actually actually i don't know who was giving me a hard time about wisconsin a few weeks ago but i'm like man they're no slouches oh uh, you're you're doing a victory lap at 10 30 yeah i'm, I'm like hey, down who- right now at 10 30 p.m Patrick Young is going to tell everybody why why they were wrong on Wisconsin. That is happening. Am I, I part of those people? Am, am I part of those people? Is that me? Yeah, maybe. you're one of them. Okay. You're one of them. You may be one. <laughs> okay. You're one of them. We're going to give you a chance to come up with a counter argument with your decaf coffee. Yeah. What what's the hate with decaf coffee? It's ten fifteen at night. Decaf there's still caffeine fake. in it. It's fake. It's there's not still, real. There's still caffeine in there. Just. Yeah, there's of course it's I, feel, I have good energy right now. Sparse. I don't need all the caffeine. Why do you need it? I saw you were smiling. Like, I like the party. What do you when like? John brought us on. Right you, you were smiling. You were electric there. You just, just lit up. I like the taste go of put, coffee. Go put some bourbon in there. We're gonna take a five minute break on our end because we've got the head coach, the Penn State Nittany Lions. Hey, he's a Brad Stevens guy. He's a Matt Painter guy. Spent time on the Purdue staff before taking over the job at Penn State. And in Happy Valley, they're happy right now. And it's not just for their Nittany Lions in the Rose Bowl. It's for their Nittany Lions basketball team, who's 11-3, and has won five in a row, and moves to 2-1 and one in the Big Ten with a win over Iowa tonight. Here's our conversation with Penn State head coach Micah Shrewsbury. The Penn State Nittany Lions are 11-3 and overall, 2-1 and in the Big Ten after getting a win over Iowa, 83-79 in Happy Valley tonight. And we are joined on Field of 68 After Dark by the head coach of the Nittany Lions in his second year, Micah Shrewsbury. And Micah, you beat Iowa in a battle in the Big Ten. What stands out to you the most about the way that your team got this win tonight? I was impressed. Like we were locked in defensively to start the game. Um, I thought our guys came out with 
a lot of aggression on that end, really followed the game plan, what we were trying to do, how we tried to, to guard them. Uh, second half, you know, we, we weren't the same way and credit to them. They were, they were great. Uh, Chris Murray was fantastic in the second half, but so was some of the other guys. And then they attacked us and got us back on our heels, but we started the right way. And I thought that was big for us. Coach Jalen Pickett has been all American caliber for you this season. I mean, even tonight, 26, seven and six, uh, what does he bring to your team? That's so special. Uh, it, when you sit and watch him, that big, strong physical body, it, it's, it, it, he's like a point forward point center center guard. Like I, I, he's hard to explain in the college game. Yeah. It, he, you know, he, he uses his body really well. Um, he's good at angles, like seeing how people are guarding, spinning off scoring, kind of gets where he wants to and then you know the, the the luxury around him this year is we got a bunch of guys that can shoot it uh so they space the floor really well um and give him those outlets give him those options but he's he's such a steady guy right you look out there you always feel like hey things are going okay right we're not playing great down the stretch we're turning over like our hair's on fire and you look at him and he's just like yeah yeah we're we're okay all right, that's a good feeling as a coach uh, when you have a guy like that. To that point, Andrew Funk goes for 20 points. You hit nine threes. You've got a top 35 Ken Palm offense. You know, you, you talk about it's it's one thing to have guys that can shoot it. You certainly have them. But how much are you seeing high shot selections, positive shot selections that are leading to all these results? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, they're just taking good shots. They're taking rhythm shots. They're taking rhythm threes. Like, you know, the, the leash is a little longer for uh, for an Andrew Funk, for a Seth Lundy, right? I, I allow them. They're such good shooters that you you get some. Like, Funk's going to come off of a screen and shoot it from, you know, the nose of the Nittany Lion because I feel like that shot's going in, right? If Seth Lundy catches it and the guy's not in his airspace, I'm telling him, shoot it shoot it every single time because he's such a good shooter. Uh, but those guys, they take good shots and, and that that's helped us. Even when we haven't shot that great in, in games, I like the shots we're getting. And uh, so I never talk to these guys about shot selection because it doesn't really come up a whole lot uh, because they, they play mature offensively and they take really good shots. Coach, you start Keba Jai. After that, and he doesn't play all that many minutes. He played seven minutes tonight. You guys are rolling six, 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 seven, pretty much through the lineup. And Fanta and I were talking before you came on uh, for this interview. You guys throw a certain ying to the Big Ten's yang. Like there's not an aircraft carrier on your team. It's five guys that all can dribble, pass, and shoot. And it, is that your emphasis uh, during your time there in, in Penn State or getting guys that can do a little bit of everything? I, I think versatility, right? We, in, in Keba, like, I would love to play him more. Like, you know, he got in the early foul trouble. And then the second half, he picked up a couple of quick ones. Uh, but we try and mix it up. Like, you know, we'll throw Mikey Hen in there for a couple of minutes or throw Caleb Dorsey in there for a couple of minutes. Then you got to, Miles Dredd will be at the five. Then Evan Mahaffey. And all, all those guys are so different, right? And like, we try and like, you know, we don't have an aircraft carrier like everybody else, but we're going to force you to figure out how that aircraft carrier is going to try and guard us on the other end. Um, and like, you can't just think about one guy 
like Evan Mahaffey's bringing the ball up the court, right, and driving and passing, like Mikey Hinn spotting up and shooting threes, like Keba setting screens, rolling to the rim, like all those guys are different. So, you know, instead of focusing on one guy, now you got to prepare for like three or four or five of those guys, and they're all doing something different. Um, so that we try to turn that to our strength. Um, we don't like, you know, us being small is a weakness, right? Well, let's flip it and make it our strength. And then, you know, we got to battle on the boards. Like that's what we talk about. Keep it, keep it close on the glass. And then, you know, we're number one, hopefully we're still number one in the country in turnovers. We don't turn the basketball over. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to give you extra possessions. We want to get shots and our guys have done a good job of getting shots. Well, we thank Micah Shrewsbury for his time. How about the Penn State Nittany Lions, fellas? You beat Iowa. You're two and one now in the conference. They're eleven and three on the season. Patrick Young, what are you seeing in this Nittany Lions squad? Well, that was my first time getting a chance to really see them uh, start to finish. Wow, Jalen Pickett. Oh my goodness, he is a as as my friend Tio would say, he's a dude. He's a dude. He, he is a dude. I mean. There's no way he's 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 a tough shot taker, tough shot maker, but shoots them with such confidence. Um, I thought Andrew Funk was going to go for 40, uh, honestly, after the, the first half, how much he lit it up. Um, but there was a trend in this game as there was uh, in the previous one we discussed. Uh, you know, Northwestern had or not Northwestern um, uh, in that game, Iowa uh, outscored Penn State 53 uh, 39 in that second half. And I think uh, Iowa figured out, Hey, what's, what's the, uh, the formula for coming back into this game, give Chris Murray the ball. He was sensational um, plays at a great pace a few times. And, and what really got them back into the game too, uh, as well. And Chris led the team in this was offensive rebounds, mm-hmm. getting those second chance uh, baskets, being able to just say, hey, you know, I, I just coaches that get their teams to respond in the second half. Um, you know, it, it, it scratch, you, you scratch your head a little bit wondering, hey, why didn't we start out the game this way? But seeing that a team is capable of 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 competing um, when it comes to games like this, because this, you know, this team, they beat Iowa State handily a few weeks ago. Struggle here a little bit. Um, but, you know, if this game starts over, I think we're looking at a completely different one. T.O., could other Big Ten teams take notes from who Penn State is from an identity standpoint? You know what I love? I love that you brought that up. Because, you know, I refer to it whenever we were talking to Micah. They're, they're a ying to the Big Ten, Big Ten's yang. Like, there's a lot of times, a big portion of these games, where they're not playing anybody until they're in six, 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 seven, And it's a bunch of guys switchable. They fly to the ball. You get in that paint, like, there's three bodies on you. There's a couple of possessions today where towards the end of the game where Iowa tried to get in there, and guys just flock to the ball. And they are so quick in recovery that they can send that many guys because they have that many versatile dudes defensively. And, guys, here's here's where, you know, they're playing twos against threes. If they can compete on the boards, and Coach mm-hmm. Shrewsbury alluded to it, if they can compete on the boards, they're going to give themselves a chance because they're playing threes against twos. And whenever Andrew Funk's knocking down shots like that, like, it, it's it's tough to guard. And, and how many, how many does he need to make a game? You know, four? Trying to make – if he makes four a game? Mm. That, I mean, that's, that's tough. And the thing yeah. is, too, is like – they just have guys that do winning stuff all the time. Miles Dredd was a plus twenty two. Miles Dredd, he was a plus twenty two today. Whenever he was I'm, in the ball game, I met the kid. I met him in Atlanta. He's an awesome guy. He is. He is top tier, all class, um, 
unbelievable. Yeah, after my accident, he reached out to me and checked check in on how I was doing. And it's like, I, really? I just met you a few weeks ago, kid. And, and uh, yeah, it's, he knocked out a three himself. That's high level. That's yeah, a high, high level, level kid. Uh, and then they just have guys that do winning things. And, you, and it just permeates through their program. There's just so many guys that can do so many things. And it just makes it incredibly tough to guard. And not only can they compete, it's – because those six 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 five six six guys are so big and strong that they can defend at least for an allotted a period of time. That's right. the big thing. They can hold off just enough for that help to get there. And defensively is where I would worry, just because of the size in that league. But this is also a team. If they get in the tournament, they could win a few games because they are a mid majors nightmare. Because mid majors try to space you out and shoot it. Penn State spaces you out and shoot it, but they have bigger, burlier dudes. So, right. like, if they get in the tournament, they could cause some problems. And doesn't that allow your ball screen coverage to be better? Well, it allows you, have- you to switch things. And then the, you're you're out of rotations immediately. That's the big thing. Like, if you're if you're guarding a ball screen, you switch that one, two, like yep. you can, or one, that one, four, that one, five. Like, there's, there's no rotations to be had. And that's what really improves them. And I like what Shrewsbury said, too, about his lineup versatility with with Keba Jai and being able to have him roll and then bringing in another five guy who, who can shoot it like it's tough to guard it's tough to prepare for they are a menace when it comes to closing out defensively and they have so many fast guys around a perimeter that could just swarm so they are at Michigan on Wednesday mm-hmm. and they host Purdue on Sunday I'll tell you what big I test mean, big test okay. big test but aren't you intrigued to see that offense and the spacing with Zach Eady on the other side. Absolutely. And and I'm intrigued to see how Shrewsbury attacks those guys because I, I have a lot of respect for him, guys. Whenever I saw him and when he came down to Clemson, it was just X and O, X and O, him against Brad Brown now going back and forth. Like, see him from that perspective to see how he's going to be able to attack those bigs and defend those bigs, quite frankly. Defend the bigs, yeah. Like, that's going to be, that's going to be an issue, too. How is he going to be able to do that? All right. We got producer Trevor Valise tonight. Trevor, don't you love when we throw a little curveball on the show? Oh, it's my favorite part every night. Love curveballs. I'm I'm going to throw a curveball at everybody here. Because I just just thought of Purdue. We got to ask the question. We got to ask the question here. And I want to get you guys involved in the YouTube chat. Okay? When will Purdue take their first loss? We're going to play the schedule game. Tomorrow night, they're home to Rutgers. Does anybody have them losing that game? No. 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 They're at Ohio State on Thursday. Ooh. Mm. Anybody want to want to do it? Zed Key is good. Zed Key. Zed Key's 6'6". He's 6'6". He's too short, but I like <laughs> Bryce, Bryce Sensabaugh, man. He can go. Bruce Thornton's a bad boy, too. I, I like yeah. those guys. I, I just – Purdue, man, like they're just moving so well at this point. Okay, so the consensus is we're leaning still with Purdue. You're Maybe. at you're at Penn State next Sunday. I don't think any of us are in a class where we're taking the Nittany Lions. At then Penn you, State at home, yeah. Penn State at home, Purdue still number one. That place is going to be a madhouse. Penn State beats the Boilermakers. There it is, <laughs> right there. At home, at home, or semi-home. It's listed as semi-home, but it's at home. There it is. You're taking Penn State next Sunday to hand Purdue their first loss. I think they could. They very well could. 
No, it's not could. It's not decaf coffee. You have to be. Not, it's not coffee. decaf coffee. Wild, these, these are some wild accusations attacking my coffee. These are some <laughs> wild accusations. Yeah. Yeah. Penn State beats Purdue. It, it, Micah Shrewsbury, after working for Painter for four years, goes back and gets one. Because if they don't, which is interesting, really interesting angle to the game. Uh, and the game. It's at the Palestra. It's at the Palestra. Hmm. That's interesting. Now, the Palestra. It, here's what's interesting about it. The Palestra is a historic house cool of college venue, yeah. hoops. So it would be fitting of the Palestra to have a game like that inside the building. Yeah. Now I'm starting to side with you on this. I, All right. You know Bring it on over here, Fanna. Here's Come on over to the decaf side. White out. I'm going to no. actually, I'm going to be contrarian here, though. I think Ohio State pulls it off Thursday night in Columbus. I do. I think they stormed the floor in Columbus. Well. I really like the Buckeyes in that particular spot, Patrick. Well, let, let me switch and, and be host here for a second. What What is the key that, since for you, uh, Fanta, that what, is, what does Ohio State have to do to win? And then next to you, what does Penn, Penn State have to do to win? And obviously slowing down Zach Eady. Well, it's a great question. Ohio State, to beat Purdue, okay, you have to do a couple of things. And, and Eady's going to get his. You can't allow Purdue to beat you from the three-point line. Bryce Sensabaugh supplies something to Ohio State's offense that they're not getting from any other source. That's why Chris Holtman loves him. He loves mm -hmm. the kid. The kid is wired to score. As, as evidence tonight, Buckeyes blow away Northwestern. And Sensabaugh was great with 18 points, 7 of 14 from the floor, 8 rebounds. To me, Ohio State's offense, they're a top five Kempom adjusted offensive efficiency team. So I'm not worried about their, their ability to score the ball where I get a little bit worried is, you know, it's, it's a large task defensively when you are undersized because Edie garners so much attention. If I'm Ohio state, I say, you know what? I'm living, I'm living to the, a degree with Zach Edie twos. If it means I've got the perimeter locked up, locked down for threes. Somebody right. Says there. Is is that the case, Tio? And do you? And That's by the that, same case with Penn State. That's the exact say. same argument I would make. You're playing threes against two, and you hope that you can compete on the glass. Like, and keep in mind too, like those freshmen, those freshmen from Purdue, they're going up against some stud freshmen from Ohio State. So you're going freshman, freshman. Are you going to be able to uh, take advantage there? Because I think Ohio State's freshmen are more talented than Purdue's freshmen. If you can guard, if you can guard Zach Eady, and if you're just going to let yeah. him get his, that's a big difference. I well, didn't see the, at the at Nebraska game, but they held him in check. He played 43 minutes. So let me so ask I'm curious this. to see what let, they did there. I have to go back and watch. Let me ask this to Patrick Young. Patrick Young, if someone is going to beat the Purdue Boilermakers, what would be your formula? Oh, man. Well, if it's going to be a home game for said opponent, First off, you have, uh, you know, I'm going to say the administration and and social media, uh, whoever covering the thing, do a great job of getting all the fans out there. You know, make this an electric environment uh, because it does matter. And I'm so glad college basketball is back. Oh my gosh, just to see how uh, every every place is is back. You know, Michigan basketball. We we get a chance to joke about that now that Michigan basketball is back. But uh, first and foremost, fan base got to be there full support. Um, when it comes to execution, and I'm just thinking about it because Edie is such a good rebounder just with his size, got to take good quality looks because 
a lot of times, oftentimes, it's going to be one and done. If somehow you can get on the glass and get those extra possessions, finding a way to, to play without fouling, um, that's going to be a key. Getting good quality looks. Uh, I don't think playing a slow game is the answer uh, because that does give Edie a chance to um, just load up the paint, get get the get the ball and go. Try to outrun him. Try to put him in as put him in as many pick and rolls or motions where uh, he cannot protect the basket as much because he may not block every shot, but how many shots does he affect? Uh, and that's the thing. And when it comes to the freshman, I mean, I, or, or uh, on the flip side for Purdue's offense is uh, striving your best to make somebody else beat you. Um, Braden Smith is a dog. He's one of the toughest freshmen I've seen. Just not afraid of anybody out there in the country. Uh, they, they, Purdue does. A, they're a very disciplined team. Understanding um, that they're better together. That Edie is the head. Uh, but what it's going to take is it's going to take a full forty minute complete game, um, and not allowing anything to be easy for Purdue. I think I think that Penn State can beat Purdue for the same reason that St. Peter's beat Purdue in the tournament. And one of those reasons is is whenever you set, whenever you whenever you set screens away from the ball, Zach Eady's not coming out to help those guys. Like you're going to be able to generate shots if you have guys who can run away and shoot. And I feel like Penn State has that. And not only yeah. that, they also have pick and pop five men. So you're going to have to pick your poison there with Zach Eady too. Like those rotations are going to have to be super good if you're going to play five small. Now you are just hoping that you can go threes against two, which is basically what St. Peter's did. So I, I think that's the reason that Penn State can be Purdue. Hmm. No, I like that a lot, Theo. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a fascinating discussion, and we turn now to this. Wisconsin is very arguably right now at 10.33 Eastern time on Sunday, January 1st, 2023, New Year's Day. Wisconsin could be argued as the biggest challenger to Purdue in the Big Ten, if, if there is such a thing. Patrick Young, why were I'm people wrong? I'm not mad at that on, at all. Why were people wrong on Wisconsin? Oh man, I'm not. I mean, this is this is first off, it's Big Ten basketball. Uh, it's it's chaos. It's uh, a great league. One of the one of the you know have to give credit. It's not the ACC. There we go. <laughs> Wait a minute. There we go. No, no, no. Don't don't, don't interrupt the man, John. Don't interrupt the man. <laughs> I, Let for it a finish. Second, Let it finish for, what he's saying. For a second, I was going to say to him, "Don't be humble," and then he just took a he just took a a, a four hard by, left. 
yeah, a four by four and hit you over the head with it. I, I, yeah, I had to slide. I had to slide that in there. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. Well, hey, it, we did win the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Let's keep that in mind here. That's true. That's true. Uh, but hey, well, let, let's see when we're talking about the end of the season. Who, yeah, who, let's who talk about the end of the season. I'm fine with that. Let's fine, do that. We can definitely that, do but, that. But we will 100 do that, Patrick. Patrick, Patrick stop, stop talking about that angle. That this is, is the new year. The most important. I hope you've learned. The most important day is today. Yeah, We're taking well, a picture the, of the what most we important see. day in a lot of people's minds, especially up in Carolina, is the last day of the season. <laughs> they're they're throwing yeah, the talent for right now. Just as long right. As they make I mean, the most the most important day is today is what Nancy woke up on her iPhone 10 this morning and looked at her daily message. And it was the most important day is today. Don't be giving me life quotes at 1035. <laughs> Tell me how the hell Wisconsin has surprised us and why T.O. was wrong on them. I don't was know. Was I wrong on Wisconsin? What did I say about Wisconsin? I need. I, I need. I probably did. Not gonna lie. I probably did. But I think the reason we did sleep on Wisconsin in general was because Johnny Davis was so crucial to them last year. That I mean, that was the yeah, big reason true. why. So it, now, sometimes when you lose, it, what is it? It's called the Ewing effect. Ironically, it's the Ewing effect. Like Ewing goes out, and then the Knicks win five games in a row or something like that. They call it the Ewing effect. It was a study done. I think Bill Simmons catalyst was the catalyst there. Yes. But I digress. If it now those guys are all playing together and they're not relying on one guy, so the sum of his parts and all this, whatever the sayings are, that that certainly qualifies. And they have guys in key positions. One, they defend. Two, they have a they have Tyler Wall who has been yeah, nothing Tyler short Wall. of really freaking good. And then they have a spurt guy off the bench, a spurt ability guy in Connor Asijian, who I think might have been one of the most overlooked freshmen in the country. Because whenever I saw him, I'm not sure how he's doing over the last three or four games, but wherever I saw him play in the battle for Atlantis, he was freaking terrific. He was a bigger version of Kyle Guy down there. Now that being said, they the top level talent at Wisconsin is still. It's 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 good. It's not great. It's good. Like how far they can go is very much up for debate. But right now they are playing as well together as anybody. Well, they're shooting well from the state. They're shooting uh, 38, 40 percent from the three point line tied with Penn State. That's always going to help you stay in games. You knock down shots, knock down enough threes. I think they're top three in field in three pointers made. So they're getting them up and they're knocking them down, having good percentage, good quality. Uh, you know, I feel I just feel like that style of play with Wisconsin basketball, you just never count them out. It's just that I feel like know. Greg Gard, man, he just finds ways to freaking win. He just yeah. finds ways to win. Like they're sixth in, in Kim Palm offensive efficiency, they're fifth yes. in defensive efficiency. Like just on a game to game basis, that sucker finds a way to get Wisconsin to be in the right position just to win a game. Well, like, like he's unbelievable. And player development. I Absolutely mean, true. Absolutely yeah, true. But at the same time, yeah. player development, like <laughs> You can only go so far. Like you got to put those guys in the right spots. Well, and you got to put guys in the right spots. And you also have to be in a position where because you have evolved your veteran core and your veteran core is steady, like Tyler Wall is really steady to me. Mm-hmm. Chucky Hepburn is older than yep. even his classification. He 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 was he's so poised for this role that then what happens is it's a testament to guard that a freshman like Gasigian can come into the program and flourish to the level he has because there's a lot of freshmen. And I would bet you that Connor Asijian, if you put him at all the Big Ten programs, right, at every Big Ten program, 
I'm not sure if he's flourishing to the same degree at each Big Ten program the way he is at Wisconsin. Hmm. There's something to be said there. There's some. There, there's certainly something to be said there. And keep in mind, he's shooting 45% from three as well. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that they can just they they just piece together wins. There, there's no other way to say that they just piece together wins and that's what a good basketball team a, does. That's not what an ACC team does, but that's what a good basketball team does right there. Big Ten. What's what's so that? Big last Ten point. Team? What's that? <laughs> I said that's that's what good that's what good teams do, not ACC teams, but uh, good teams do that in the Big Ten. Yeah, two out of the four in the Final Four is this what we're doing? <laughs> I didn't see any Big Ten teams there. Did you? Okay. <laughs> Here we go. This is the year. Here we go. This is the year. This is the year. This is the year. There's going to be a Final Four, a Big Ten team in the Final Four. Yeah. Purdue, at Purdue, absolutely through and through. So Matt Painter's going to have the breakthrough this year. You're gonna have the breakthrough. Now wait a minute. So that means you're gonna take. I'm gonna guess that you're gonna take Purdue. No, Purdue. to win it all. No, I'm no, not saying that. No, I'm I'm saying to win the Big Ten championship. Yeah, I'm taking them to win it all. Purdue okay. versus Purdue versus the field, to in the Big field. Ten title race. I picked Purdue last year, and Prom really got on me. And I think Purdue ended up winning it, didn't they? They they won it last year. Um, Purdue is minus one ten. At Bet Rivers, okay. Illinois is plus six hundred. Indiana's plus seven hundred. Wisconsin's plus a thousand. That might be a good bet, guys. Wisconsin. Wisconsin might be a good bet. There. Yeah. Man, thank you, Trevor. Wisconsin, thank you, Trevor. Wisconsin is appetizing. I can hear Greg Waddell's footsteps heading to the window, <laughs> taking that money that he won today on Michigan and and just parlaying it into the Badgers. Is Ohio I mean, State they, they, what, what is Ohio State stuff? They're not. They got to be right there, right? It's but it's beyond a thousand. Wow. And they're they're kind of. I mean, I'll tell you what. This was supposed to be a rebuilding year for them. I mean, it was. They were supposed to be a team that would would take a lot of time to figure it out. They're fifth at fourteen hundred. I'll tell you what, folks. I'll tell you what we. We're not going to sit here and be blamed if you end up losing money, but we're also not going to give you. We're going to try to give you good advice. The fact that Wisconsin, because I give Wisconsin and Ohio State a better shot than I even give Indiana or Illinois right now. Like, Illinois still could do it, but they got locker room issues to figure out. And I never liked that because that means night to night you don't know. Mm. Exactly. All right, let's transition here. We've spent 41 minutes on Big Ten basketball. Oh, oh, entirely too much. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Big Ten people. Let's turn to the Big East. Providence has won seven in a row. The Friars roll past DePaul, 74 to 59. Devin Carter had a huge week. Today he scores 22, had a 20-plus point performance against Butler. Terrence Oglesby, are you buying the Friars? I, I, I've already ran out of money on how much I've, how much I've bought the Friars. Like, and, and I called it earlier in the season. Like, they're going to take some time to get those pieces together. And you could see in the early season, and Noah Locke's a former Florida guy, like Cooley was letting guys expand their wings a little bit more than what they had done at previous spots just to see what they could do. Now, and that was against Stonehill where I had them at the beginning of the season. I think it was their second game of the season. I was like, guys, the pieces are there. Like, is it, are they going to be able to put it together? And who else to put it together better than Ed Cooley? It's like, come on, guys, what are we doing here? Like, Ed Cooley's going to be able to figure this out. And sure, sure enough, they do. 
Uh, Jared Bynum, electric point guard. Uh, Devin Carter, excellent defender, rim attack guy. Noah Locke, shooter. Bryce Hopkins can do a little bit of everything. And then you have two five men in Croswell and uh, Moore that you can throw different things at defenses depending on which five men's in there. It just took a second for them to find the pieces and how they could play together and who plays together well. And not only has Devin Carter been really good, but Bryce Hopkins has shown that he can be an absolute superstar yeah. in the Big East, an absolute superstar. And when the puzzle pieces fit and things start to click, they can compete with anybody. We have a, we have a close friend, John Fanta, who wanted to argue my point about Providence uh not being able to compete with everybody who's that steve steve who steve's here oh don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> he's what he was trying to argue with me my man hey hey oh I, i'm God, gonna I hope I, never, trust me I, i'm gonna send him a message and let him know as soon as they have another marquee win hey man <laughs> I can't believe you just brought him up. Um, oh yeah, he he we, we went back and forth on that one, but I, I think they're he, he thought they were good. He didn't know that they would be you know four and zero, five and zero. But I think they're really good if the pieces fit, guys, and you can throw different waves sure. of, at other teams, and you have some offensive versatility and how you can get buckets. Like it's a problem, and but yeah. in Providence has that. Well, I, I was a big fan of Bryce Hopkins when he was at Kentucky. I thought yeah, he should have played more. He definitely should have played more minutes. He was a bucket getter. He and he was efficient. And he had size. And he has size. Um, Devin Carter. You think, over you from think they could use him now? <laughs> oh, don't get me started. It, you know, I'm glad to see Jacob Toppin had a. You know, we're going to talk about that maybe a little bit later. But Jacob Toppin had a great game against Louisville. I just think he he is not maximizing what. Um, his strengths right now to help help his team win. He's not the only guy. He's not the only guy uh, for sure. I think you can get more efficiency out of uh, Xavier Wheeler. Just, are, we, just are, we, are we sliding to Kentucky right we, now? We are right now. Yeah, you, you pulled it up. But, I, just, I yeah, we are. <laughs> we can. Yeah. We certainly can. I just, just I don't love I don't love undersized point guards that can't shoot. That's, yeah, it, it, it certainly doesn't help. It certainly doesn't yeah, help. But you know what? You know what? So, so we conclude the conversation by saying, yes, we're buying Providence. It looked like Providence. an NCAA tournament team. Yeah, we're, yes, we're all buying absolutely. Providence. Honestly, honestly, a closing thought on Providence here. Providence, in a lot of ways, has saved the Big East in the last three to four weeks. Because yeah. if you look at the way the if you look at the way the Big East was trending, okay, you would say. UConn NCAA tournament lock. Now Xavier yep. NCAA tournament lock, top 20 team, maybe a top 15 team in the country. Marquette, we haven't gotten to them, but they're, they're quality guys. They, yep. they win at Villanova. Shaka Smart's 3-0 and against Villanova. They're rolling. But then after those three, you're sitting there saying, okay, what's yeah. what's going what's gonna to happen then? What's going to happen? Providence has been a, a, a factor. And then you, you think Creighton will end up figuring it out. So if the Big East goes from kind of having a rough non-conference season to getting five of their eleven in still and getting about half the league, you're going to top take five that. of that league is yeah tough tough. And Those I'm, I'm including out. Creighton because Colt Brenner's back. Top five yeah, of that Kyle league, back. And, yep. And you can sense that they've that they're figuring things out. I'm going to tell you right now. Next weekend, Gamble Pavilion, Creighton at UConn. Look for Colt Brenner and Sonogo to go to war. And I just want to see Kalkbrenner and Klingon meet each other. 
at yeah. the rim. Like two I, massive, I'm here for two all massive you, humans. Do you think he'll show up like Colin Castleton did? Well, I don't know if. Uh, yes, the they'll be they'll be yes. at Gamble. Hey, hey, are we gonna are we gonna address? But Hurley? let's get yeah, let's get to let's get to Kentucky here. I want to get to Kentucky because Patrick, you seem to have some thoughts on on Kentucky and Terrence. I know you have thoughts on Kentucky. So I want to know this. Do you believe, Patrick, that Kentucky will figure this thing out? Why I don't, or why not? I don't think they'll figure it out enough to win the league. I think Alabama, Tennessee, uh, not sure what to, what to think on Arkansas yet uh, with Nick Smith Jr. being in and out with his, his knee. If he's in, I definitely will keep Arkansas in that top three area, but just haven't seen enough consistency from Kentucky and Antonio Reeves. He was pretty efficient at Illinois state last year. Obviously he was the guy taking 25 shots a game, but he shot around 45% from the field. Um, he's been struggling with his, his efficiency his shot selection. When you, when you come from a system where you had the green, you know, not that coach Cal is ever going to stifle anyone to not take shots. He lets his guys play free, but he's been struggling a lot. Uh, feel terrible for the kid, CJ Frederick, man. He just can't catch a break. Uh, awesome, awesome kid, you know, missed all of last year. Just, I, I don't know if he fractured a finger um, or what in the game against Missouri, but it was barely able to play that game at all. Oscar's been great. I just, I just struggle so much with a point guard that can't shoot. Um, that, you know, with that size, uh, love Savir Wheeler to death. I think he's a great leader. Casey Wallace has been awesome. Um, he in that loss against Missouri, I think he knocked down five threes. Defensively, uh, you know, if you guys, I'm not sure if you guys watched that Missouri game, but Missouri, they're they're the real deal. They they they're look really good. Oh, they're they the real deal. Really they're the real deal. Cut off the slander, Dennis. Dennis, stars in America. Yeah, I just think you know the, the urgency and hunger that you would expect to see from a team that came off that loss against St. Peter's, uh, the devastating, tragic loss for that team. I just haven't seen it. Uh, this Kentucky wow. team just to be straight dogs yet. You know, where is that? I think if they can figure that out, forget X's and O's, just let's just outwill whoever comes on this court with our energy for 40 minutes. Maybe I'll change my opinion. Uh, but right now I'm not seeing it. You know what's crazy? is we're so hard on Kentucky. They're shooting 39% from three. They're shooting 47 yep. from the field. Like, they don't shoot free throws well enough. They're shooting 66 from, from the free throw line. They're out-rebounding teams by over eight rebounds a game. Yeah. And we're complaining. And they just, they're just having a hard time winning those close games right now. And it, here's – the, the offense is old, and C.J. Frederick has struggled. You want him to be a good shooter, but C.J. Frederick, we say he struggled. Guys, he's shooting 38.8% from three. He's not so, he's not getting enough of them up. Yeah, That's but exactly where, where right. is there to find more? Like That's Antonio exactly. Reeves is taking 76. Case and Wallace, 61. Like C.J. Frederick, 49. Severe Wheeler's taking 31, and he's shooting 38.7 from three. So, like – Maybe we're overanalyzing Kentucky a little bit just because it doesn't look the same way. You know no, what I mean? Like, you don't think so? We're not. They're not a top twenty-five team in college basketball right now. They're not. They, is that is that, is that offense related tomorrow. though? Is that offense related? It's offense related, yeah. Because I, I here's the thing. Okay, 
I think that Kentucky tries, has tried for a long time. And under John Calipari, sometimes this has worked. Sometimes in college basketball, you can out-talent people. You yep. can out-talent yep. people. Kentucky's trying to out-talent people still. It doesn't work that way. Mm. You don't have enough to out-talent people. You know why? You got a point guard who, frankly, cannot shoot the basketball. You're going to try to out-talent people with a one who can't shoot it? You're going to try to out-talent people when, frankly, the SEC investing in basketball. About five years ago, they all yeah. came together and yeah. said, they came together and said in a meeting room, guys, we're not cutting it. Frankly, in basketball right now, we got some programs who flat out stink. And don't tell me we can't successful because we got a boatload of football money. Let's pour some more assets into hoops and let's let's learn how to hire the right people. Guess what? Those those coaching hires, they look pretty good right now. They look pretty good right now. Honestly, that that's also affected them because yes. other SEC programs have invested in basketball. They've caught up. Kentucky's come back a little bit. You're not just going to be able to do it off of recruiting. You, you can't. And he and he's gotten some transfers too that that he has believed fit him. To me, guys, I just get a sense with their offense in the half court. It's square peg round hole. It's yeah. and until something changes, I'm not going to be able to say any differently. And I don't know how that changes. Tio, well, I. Agree you i agree with you to kentucky's not as bad as we are critical of them no but we all thought they would be a final four caliber team and yeah. right now they're the furthest thing from it well their losses like at mizzou versus ucla at gonzaga versus michigan state neutral floor so it's not like that Michigan State early in the season where nobody really knows what they're doing. They're all just battling and playing hard. That's when Michigan State can thrive because they're just a bunch of tough dudes. So, like, do they really have a terrible loss on there? No. No. Not terrible, no. So, like, that that's kind of my counter to that. Like, look, it's still, it still yeah. looks kind of painful to watch. And, you know, trying to play Lance Ware and Sheeb together, like, that's a tough fit. But it's – you know, CJ Frederick, he's still at 40. Like <laughs> it's, it's, I'm going to have to go back and really watch because their numbers say they should be a great offensive team. They should be like, that's the crazy part about it. They should be a great offensive team, but like what, what's holding them back. I'm going to have to really dive in for some more context because just looking at the numbers alone doesn't do the trick, but what, Hey, another thing too, is I did talk to Calipari over the summer and he said, you know, sometimes whenever those games get close in the NCAA tournament, t talent is what takes over. And sometimes, you, you know, last year he didn't necessarily have, like, that level of talent that he's had with John Wall, that level of talent he's had with, you know, the Harrison Twins and, and you know, Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns. Like, they have a bunch of really, really good college players. They don't have a bunch of, like, top ten picks on this team. Go ahead, John. I it know you're win. just ready. Just go. Well, Patrick, I'm sorry, but I, I can't <laughs> accept the head coach of Kentucky complaining to me about how he doesn't feel like he's got enough talent. That wasn't what. That wasn't really what. Well, it, it, it that could be taken out of context in a poor way, and and but it was. Oh, it's I just hard did for it? me to explain okay. exactly what he meant. 
Well, no, no, no. I mean, I just, I don't know. I just think, like, to me, top 10 NBA draft pick doesn't always win in the NCAA tournament. If they even make it, they don't always make it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If they even make it, which, does that not sum up for well, some of I, these guys? I'll, what I'll start here. Something in? so simple. Hey, Kentucky is like 13th, 12th or 13th in the league in free throw percentage. That let's now start, that hurts. Let's that start right really there. Hurts. That let's, hurts. Let's let's get to a seven. You know that that can completely and that takes we we can stop the talent conversation right there when we're talking about making free throws. Yeah, and I'm one to talk. You can shoot. All free right, throws, Pat. we're at ten. <laughs> we're at ten fifty five. I got to get your thoughts on this. UConn suffers their first loss of the season yesterday. They fall to Xavier. The Musketeers scalding hot winners of eight in a row. Connecticut falls late in the game, late in the game in the closing stretch. Dan Hurley gets teed up. It's a costly technical foul in what was a one possession game before he gets whistled for it. This is a result of a lot of things that we've seen here in not just this season, but recent years, Hurley got ejected last year when UConn hosts Villanova and he's been teed up already a couple of times this season, a lot of post-game banter about this fan saying if an official has a, a bias against a coach, they shouldn't be officiating the game in the first place. There's the class of people that are bringing up the fact that, look, whether you like it or not, Dan Hurley wrote on his wrist, coach your team, coach your team. He wrote that on his wrist in Portland. Does that not sum up a lot? It if wasn't the head coach himself. Is... Yeah, exactly. Guys, what do you make of this situation? Is it Hurley having to look himself in the mirror? Is it the officials, Patrick Young? What do you make of a technical foul late against Xavier, and now Hurley getting teed up several times this season. Well, I, I have to you know, rely on uh, you know the expert opinion of you guys that know a little bit more history than I do. But um, just from my own personal understanding, uh, you know Dan Hurley has just a history that has put him in a place where you're just known for for this, known for giving the refs and just going too far and. You know, having this opportunity with this team, and, and you know, hats off to him for toning things down, maintaining that level of intensity, but striving to. You know, coaches—they all play the referees. They all, at some at some level, strive to do what they can to uh, make sure their voice is, is being heard. But you, you know, you go back and you look at this game and uh, the disparity on free throws. I can understand the frustration. Uh, you know, nine free throws for UConn, twenty-eight for for Xavier. But you know, hats off to Xavier, really good team. Um, they are absolutely a, a tournament team. And in my opinion, they're possibly a sweet 16, sweet 16 team with the way that they get the ball up and knock shots down and, and defend as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I've never been in the position of being a head coach and having to deal with referees on that side. Uh, as a player, I was, I would try to do my best to stay away from, but you, you know, you can't, you can't be the reason to cost your team a game. You can't, you can't put yourself in that position. You can't. You cannot. You, can, you you absolutely can't. It was a one possession game at the time. There were two two minutes and change left, something like that. Fanta, like you can't do that at the end of the game. Now, what he said or didn't say, like, like I I really like I really like Hurley. I like him as a human. I understand he's he's got a screw loose. 
when it comes to coaching. And that's what makes him enjoyable. He didn't However, say, thank you, what, guys. You're doing such a great job today. Huh? He didn't say, thank you all so much. You're doing such a great job today. I'm just thrilled to be I, here. I can promise you. He, he, wasn't being a, a chick, he wasn't being a Chick-fil-A employee. No, no he wasn't being a Chick-fil-A no employee. Yeah, gummit. Yeah, there is no shot that. But I, I will say this. There's a couple things. One, Hurley can't do that. No. Two, I I don't love that the official decided to that point of the game to call the technical. Like, I am sure that Danny said something prior to two and a half minutes left to go in a game that warranted a technical foul. Yes. And coming into the season, bench decorum was – that was one of the points of emphasis for officials. A lot of that had to do with Danny. So, like, you have to make sure that, one, Danny can't put himself in that position at the end of the game. Two oh. – uh, I, I don't love that the ref took it upon himself. That that did change. That did alter the course of the game. That ref should have called a technical earlier in the game, and then you could have found a way to, you know, really, it, yeah, you know, that would have still given him a chance. But it, it altered the course of the game at that point. There wasn't enough time to really make up and regain your momentum. All right. So there's a couple of angles that I take on this whole topic. Number one. There's a lot of people on Twitter and stuff who are complaining about the Big East officials. The Big East officials end up officiating in the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four, National Championship game. The Big East has an alliance with the ACC. Terrence, you don't need me to tell you about ACC officiating. Mm -hmm. There's an integrity factor there. Uh, folks, if you think there's a conference that that wants to invest in their basketball officials, it's a conference that solely has basketball mm. as its main sport. That yeah. they, they cannot screw it up. Okay, so that's number one on on the on the point of is there an officiating problem? Number two, I'm sorry, folks, but to those people who are really upset when their team doesn't get a call and they're the road team. Did you just wake up and start watching sports? <laughs> uh, I mean, did you just wake up and start watching sports? Have have you not lived to see the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball, not the game. And everything else under the sun, to understand the fact that there are things that get called that the home team benefits off of and that the road team does not? There are calls that are made in a game that you would say, if it was the other way around, that call probably isn't getting made, Okay. Number two. Mm. Number three, are any of us arguing that that UConn wins the game yesterday if the game gets officiated differently? I don't think so. I thought Xavier outplayed Connecticut and did enough to win the game. Mm. At the end of the day, it was a difficult call for the official to make. I would have to say the official did not take a lot of pleasure in having to do that because – I guarantee you he's getting multiple phone calls the moment he steps off the court from people saying, this better have been justified. Was it justified? All that. These officials, you don't see it, folks, but they are constantly under the radar gun. Yep. They are. They're under the spotlight. Technical fouls are given not for one-offs. Technical fouls are given because if you tell Timmy to stop, that's strike one. If you tell Timmy to stop again, that's strike two. And if you tell Timmy to stop, 
Sometimes refs give out three, four, five, six strikes in a game. At a certain point, an official says, you know what? Forget it. I've told you, I've told you, I've told you. That's not just Dan Hurley. Yeah. It's a bunch of coaches. Bunch of coaches. Yeah. The point the point is it's he can't get a technical foul in that spot for his guys. He absolutely knows that. Dan Hurley has done one of the best coaching jobs in America this mm-hmm. season. Yep. He, he he could be argued as national coach of the year. You can't get teed up in that spot. The refs know it's a difficult call the game, call to make. Let it be served as the lesson that it is. You try to learn from it, and it's it's water under a bridge. Hmm. But but let's not try to make a bigger issue of it than what it was. Xavier was the better team yesterday. They won the game. And for UConn, sometimes there's a good thing about losing. And you know what? I'm really they were gonna lose a game. Like yeah, they're, they're their game. next few their next few games are really, really tough. And guys, I I I would have never said this as a player. I would have never said this when I was a coach. Like they're the referees in the big east, you could literally call a foul every time down. Like it's that type of it is so hard to officiate. And you know, the refs are good. They're good. They're as good as you're going to get, and they're as good as there is. I mean, for guys to be able to do all that stuff, it is what it is. He shouldn't have put himself in that situation. I would have liked, though, John, that two and a half minutes ago, he could have done something five, six, seven minutes earlier. That's my only critique of the official. Like, we know Hurley went nuts. We know you also could have given given him a technical at 10 minutes as opposed to two minutes left. That's my only critique. I, I didn't love that. And the free throw discrepancy, of course, like that's that's home and away. That stuff's going to happen when you have big dudes banging bodies. Like that's just going to happen. All right, time for three toasts. Who are you cheers in tonight, Patrick Young? Well, I thought saw a fit. Obviously, since I'm a, a big man anyway, to give Hunter Dickinson the uh, toast of the night. Um, he broke Juwan Howard's Michigan record of double doubles at 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 Michigan at Michigan. So. Uh, he had 32-12 and two with 18 in the first half. Uh, good to see him have a little coming out party. Hope this gives him some more mo- more momentum for Michigan to win a lot more games uh, after how sensational of a run they had last year. Uh, late. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to Providence because we talked about him, Devin Carter. Man, like how Devin good is Carter. he? It's going to be somebody different uh, every week for that Providence buying him one week. Noah Locke's going to get hot later this season. He's going to combine in two games for like 13 threes. Like it's going to happen. Uh, Bryce Hopkins was a few weeks ago against Marquette where he went berserk for 29, 23, but cheers to Devin Carter. Big week for him. Uh, Providence undefeated in league four. No, that's been big time. I'm not drinking decaf to that either. I'm drinking my water. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to give a toast to Ron Hunter. And Tulane. Yeah, that's a good win for them. That's a good win. Memphis today, 96 to 89. The sophomore guard from Sugar Hill, Georgia, Zion James, had 30 points, seven assists, yeah. six rebounds. Mr. James, your New Year's Day dinner is served. That is a big time performance because, guys, when you walk on the court against Memphis this year, a quality Memphis team, you know you got to go through Kendrick Davis. Zion James said, you know what? I'm protecting home court. You go for a 30 ball and seven assists, Mr. James. I'm saluting you. You get cheers for me. And I got to tell you guys, Tulane, by hiring Ron Hunter, that was a quality hire for them because 
I, I like the direction that they're going in, and I think today was indicative of that. To score 96 points on Memphis's defense, yeah, that's revealing. So yeah. let's give the Green Wave some love. They started 2023 right, and they got a 30 ball from a sophomore in Zion James. Hey, you want to go – if you're a high school recruit and you want to go to a coach that will let you rock out, Ron Hunter's that dude. Like, he is going to let his stars be stars. Like, if you can get 30, he's going to let you get 30. There's no, there's no handcuffing with Ron Hunter. Well, on that note, for decaf coffee and the Wisconsin Badgers fan, the big fan of them all, and Patrick Young, for Terrence Oglesby, I'm John Fanta for producer Trevor Valise. Thank you to Micah Shrewsbury for stopping by the show tonight. Penn State, they're one of the top stories on this January the 1st because the Nittany Lions are 11-3 and and 2-1 and in the Big Ten and look like a real factor. We're back with you tomorrow night, 11 Eastern time. We've got a loaded week coming up in college basketball. Conference play is in full swing. A brand new DTF pod tomorrow with Terrence and with Rob, with myself. We got you covered at the Field of 68. Fieldof68.shop. And at the Field of 68, you follow us. We've got you covered. Check out the Daily tomorrow, 8 a.m. Eastern time for Mike Miller and his boys. So long, everybody. Happy New Year.